it's here part three we are ready to finish up the discussion on how to feel better um if you're lonely and you're getting super sad there's so many things have been going on in the world and i think it's really important that we have the tools to handle them and so if you already uh didn't see it we have part one part two i helped a sister named aisha had to manage her loneliness and depression with a couple simple steps and so now we're wrapping up today with part number three and actually today's podcast whether you're lonely or not have some have some really good tips on how to manage any emotion that you're having and kind of help pull yourself out of it if we can understand how our mind works and the best ways to approach certain feelings believe me it is life-changing if you're interested in that keep listening Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. I'm so excited just to um, give you the last um, couple tips in the loneliness series that we did here. So many women had reached out to me about different feelings they were having. And even if your feeling isn't specifically loneliness, actually, this part three has some really good um tips. I think it's only about three left about how to pull yourself out of really strong emotion. Now, I do have an entire podcast on um, how to basically pull yourself out of any very strong emotion quickly. You can go back and check that one. I will definitely link it below. Um, we're also coming up with an emotions uh, course for the summer because so many women are going through so many different things and they just really need kind of like a quick boost to get them out and to get them some real results fast. There might be something long-term that you need to do, but for, for many women, it's a lot of just getting out of our own head and out of our own way. And if you learn the strategies to do that and kind of how your mind and body works, it is miraculous really really it is and that's kind of what has helped me over the years and so I'll probably share that really quick and of course over the summer keep on my IG to see when that releases and also on the podcast I'm sure I'll probably just mention it all right ladies so we're going to get into three specific um things that you can do to make sure that you can kind of pull yourself out of really, really strong feelings of loneliness. Now, if you haven't already, go back and check out part one and two, and you'll definitely get probably, I don't know what it is, probably another like five or six suggestions right there, tips all together. So this is the culmination. This is the final part. But what I really want us to understand is so much of anything dealing with your emotions is being really, really, first of all, aware, not ignoring what you have going on, and then trying these different actionable steps that I have here. What I'm doing today is not, again, theoretical stuff. It's some real, real actionable stuff that you can do to get some real change in your life. So I'm going to go on to part three here. We're going to finish up. And then probably the next podcast coming out because we're doing kind of health, we're going to move into how to get better uh, with fitness after Ramadan. I know Ramadan might have gone well for some of us, not so well for others. I know a lot of women who have gained weight in Ramadan and we're definitely going to give you kind of what we do after we have not been able to work out for a long while and some tips in that next podcast and how to get back in shape after Ramadan. So after this one, probably around Monday, Monday, Tuesday, that one will come out. Definitely check that one out next because part of um, feeling really great is also like your physical exercise as well. Mental health is very much linked to your physical self. All right, so let's dive right into... um, part three here. So number, I think it might be number six at this point. Yep. Number six is 
changing your environment. Now, um, I've had actually so many conversations with women about this in different situations, even parenting. A lot of times as parents, and, and whether you're a parent or not, you might eventually become a parent. And so this is definitely helpful. Um, you, you can easily get upset. You can get upset from your kids. I mean, as a married person, you can easily get upset from a spouse. So what we really need to learn how to do is sometimes change our environment. I mean, lonely people often do feel trapped in their environment. They begin to associate their room or their house or their apartment as like this safe place. But this is a place where they're often like to themselves free of the dangers of the outside world. But it's actually really, really not productive. And a poll of more than 60 women found that 28% of people who constantly stay home um, actually um, struggle from depression. And so staying home is great as long as you're in a good place mentally. But if you're staying home, not because you'd like to stay home, like I'm, I'm right now a stay-at-home mom in a sense. I do work from home, but I am home. And I don't find it depressing, sad, and trapped in my own mind. But if you are and you're staying home to escape the outside world, that is a very different thing. And so that's something that's less um, healthy. Also, that type of living ends up with mindless eating. And a lot of people end up just eating, eating, eating more than they realize because they're constantly home. And then you eat a lot and then you gain weight and then you start to feel horrible about yourself because you're gaining weight and it goes on and on and on. I, I know you know where I'm going with this. So at the end, what we need to understand is that loneliness doesn't get better without doing something about it. And I've mentioned that before. So we don't have to do like a whole lot, but we can just at least take some small steps. We don't have to dive into the big ones if we're not ready yet, but at least we can we can take some small steps. So I'm just gonna give you some small suggestions here that can help you to get out of um, the house in a physical way and in a not physical way. So there's two things going on. One, there's COVID-19. So not all of us can get out, quote unquote, as often as we'd like. The second thing is that um, some of us, we actually just um, can get outside and we would like to know just what can I do without going too far because we're restricted by our environment. So I'm gonna go over both of those right now. All right, so we're back guys. So when I had this conversation with Aisha, about how she could feel better. We talked about her environment and where she was spending most of her time. Most of her time was in her room, at her desk or on her bed, scrolling through her phone or sleeping too much and all these different things. So we talked about how she could change up her environment from her room to her house to then even going outside and things like that. So the first thing is we talked about um, changing up the walls. So what we look, we don't realize that we're looking at four walls all the time and sometimes just changing those four walls and what we see could be really, really helpful. So for her, um, as she said, her walls were mostly bare. So we talked about what she could put up that would be positive. So for example, if you have beautiful pictures of beautiful skylines and things like this, it might be inspirational to you or maybe some type of artwork, as long as it's Islamically permissible, I'm not going to go into all that now, but you know what I mean? Like you just put some, some pictures that are inspirational. It might be some statements, some statements that say like, um, you know, today is the day that blah, 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 you know, something inspirational, some one liner quotes that you could have in some beautiful picture frames and in some really nice font and print and have these things up. Seeing them regularly could really do something for us. And then you don't even want to just have the same one. You could just switch them up every once in a while to keep it fresh. There's so many things online that you could literally print out and then buy a frame from like a dollar store and put up. 
And so that's the first thing. That's just the walls. Then we talked about rearranging the furniture. I often like to do that. I personally can't do it right now because of the way that my couch is and the size of my living room. But I usually love to rearrange the couch in different ways, put the TV on the other side of the wall, just to make things feel different, things fresh. And so even in COVID-19, I was suggesting that to parents um, about like, you know, you feel closed in, you feel... Um, you know, just like, I need to get out of this house. Well, at least you could switch the house up. And that's what we did for Eid, actually. Um, I didn't put up my Eid video for YouTube because all this stuff with um, all these protests and things started happening and it just wasn't possible and it didn't seem appropriate. But when we did Eid, we did it outside on the lawn. Because I said, you know what? We've been praying inside all Ramadan. I want it to seem special. I want it to seem different. So we did the Eid prayer. If you still go back in my highlights on my Instagram, though, you could see my whole family and how we celebrated Eid. And one of the things we had was the masjid on the lawn. And that was really, they liked it. They got excited. They went outside. We dressed up and we prayed outside. And alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it didn't rain that day. That was so, so great. So yeah, do that. You can also just find, um, spend some different time in a different part of your house. I know that sounds weird, but we don't realize it, but we're creatures of habit. We get used to being in that corner on the couch or that that certain spot in our room or at that you know table in the kitchen like switch it up go to different hang out in different parts of your house um for me what i do is in my morning routine i switch where i sit in my morning routine like one day i remember i did it accidentally but now i've been kind of enjoying it i open my back door on days when it's not so nice outside and i can't go outside and i sit in the doorway with like this little table and my computer so i have the fresh air on my face and then at this in the in like, you know, whatever weather is outside, it's still there. I, and I, even if it's rain sometimes, as long as it's light rain, and I just sit in front of the door and the, and the pitter patter of the rain. And I just start doing some journaling. And it's really, really nice. As opposed to like sitting in my room where it's darker on a rainy day, like it's depressing looking, right? So just little stuff like that, you'd be amazed. Your mind is very responsive to those types of things. Okay, so that was inside the house. So let's talk about outside the house. It could be just finding a close cafe to work from or like you know out of home now right now in u.s you cannot sit in the cafes i i hope where you are gosh i i miss the days of sitting in a cafe and just journaling and drinking a nice uh you know espresso or a cappuccino or something and so inshallah and one day when they fix everything but the truth is um like just getting out into even outside taking a walk with vitamin d just the sun on your face and just the wind and walking down the street to a local place, getting a cup of coffee. So just get yourself out of the house. That's the point. If you can, even if it's just to walk around the block, just motivate yourself to put your sneakers on or whatever it is and just walk around the block. You'd be surprised if you could just do it. And so subhanAllah, the last thing I would say is, is try to, if you can, do some travel. Because sometimes you just like literally need to leave your town. You just like literally need to get out of your environment. For me, for example, and for the aid, I told my husband, you know, we've been in the house for almost two months. Could we take a trip out of state? And so we had planned to. It didn't work out. We're still trying to get it to happen. But believe me, what I did was I ended up going to a different part of the city. I just took like an hour and a half drive. That wasn't like a huge commitment. We didn't have to sleep over or anything. And we just saw some relatives and came back. And I felt like I just got out the house. I got out. I feel a bit better. Now, I wasn't in a state of loneliness and depression like I'm telling you. But I'm telling you, even that alone, the fact that I was just like trapped in the house for too long, that still didn't feel so amazing. And as soon as I just got out and I went out to a different environment, saw different people, it did wonders. And I tell this to women all the time, especially if you're struggling from some type of sadness, it really does help to go out and just change the, the environment. 
every night with my husband, I walk around the block. Um, sometime between five and seven, depends on where we are. We take a walk to like the local, the park. And it's just beautiful. And it just calms me down. I reflect on the day. I talk to Allah. I make the dhikr and dua when I'm walking. It's beautiful. And so I just, you know, that's a really great thing. So uh, what I told Aisha and what Aisha did was she did all these things. And she said what an incredible um, change it was for her. And so if you can't change your environment, you can even just change your background noise or put some kind of different background noise on in the house blast a podcast in the house I, I mean she just happens to be a listener of one of my podcasts and that's how she connected with me so it's like a small world right so she said on days when she feels sad she blasts my podcast but if, even if you find anything like for me um sometimes i'll put on quran really strong in the house um especially i love to play surah al-baqarah because um it, you know it's very good for like the shaitan to get him out and so i always like to play things you know just like really loud in the house positive things and sometimes just hearing another voice other than your own voice in your head is really really important all right so um that's just like physically getting out the last part of this what i want to tell you is you could actually do something different with temperature it's very interesting very excited to talk about this one so sometimes um physical warmth can actually trigger like warm feelings it's really amazing so taking a nice bath a warm bath having a nice hot cup of tea wrapping yourself in a warm blanket wearing nice socks having a, a heater like you know those like warm blanket heaters sometimes the warmth can feel like a nice hug for me it's a beautiful shower a nice hot shower on, on my shoulders especially if i had a tense day can really make me feel better now even like i said you're not in a state of loneliness these are all like mood boosters definitely so love that little extra tip there number seven um really really rely more on a lot in yourself to be your best friend Allah is my best friend. I've always talked to him. I would say if you see me like walking down the street, probably people think I'm crazy. A lot of times when I'm moving my mouth, I'm talking to Allah. And I don't really care if people think I'm crazy. For me, I talk to Allah about everything. I talk to him in the morning, in the afternoon, like, hey, subhanAllah, I can't believe I'm going through this. Da, da, da. What do you think about this? I talk to him like he's there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I make the regular da'a, I make the regular salah, all the islamically you know suggestive things but talking to him like a counsel like a good friend is also really really important and i think we we underestimate the power of that so um you know no matter what anyone tells me i'm gonna i'm gonna think of what is the best for me so i'm gonna tell you some silly things you could do that i actually do them this is kind of embarrassing but this is what i suggested to aisha and she was doing as well because honestly they are therapeutic um I make regular dates with myself. Yes, they usually happen. I try to do them once a month. They don't always happen. I'll make them twice a month. But if I was like feeling horrible, I'd obviously do this weekly. Um, but what I do is I make a date with myself where I am doing something. Now, some people really, really struggle to be alone. Um, I'm not that kind of a person. I honestly have so many things to do. I could stay alone all the time. And I'm actually a kind of person that loves to be with people. So if I had to be with people, I could do that too. And that's just kind of my personality. But we have to not be afraid to be alone because when we're alone and we're in a quiet place, that's where um, the great changes happen. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, he was um, always in the cave of Hira. He would go there and reflect, spend a lot of time reflecting, a lot of alone time, and that's when the revelations came to him, and that's where some of the greatest changes in his life came for the better. And so that's something we have to not be afraid of. So I make these dates. So let me explain to you. I make a date like where 
I have almost like I go into my bucket list of stuff I want to accomplish and do and I make like this time to do it like for me for example let's say it's to go through a series of books that I want to do I'll go I'll make a date with myself I'll take my one of my books that I have it could be like whatever like a book of hadith or whatever it is I'm studying in particular at that time and I'll stick it in my bag and I'll go to the cafe and I will sit there and read with COVID-19 now we can't do that but I might maybe drive by the water pick up a cup of coffee, sit in the car, and definitely read that book, and then come back. Um, I might also try to have something where I am spending time. To, like I personally have an injury, so I'm trying to always make sure that I take care of myself. Self-care is really hard for mom, so I have this time where I will go and make an appointment with the acupuncturist or to do like a foot rub. From This is obviously from a female because I have an ankle injury, actually a back-to-ankle injury, so I have to have to do that. Otherwise, after a while, I start to feel really, really bad. Another thing is, um, if you can do it, go explore a little farther out if you feel good about it. You know, you can even do um, something where you're meeting up with another friend. But definitely just going out and having, if you can do time with yourself, it's better to at least once a month or something just do something for you. But if you can't, also, if you feel like up to it, also with somebody else, that's good. But this these baby steps is my point. We have to learn to feel comfortable with ourself, comfortable with our relationship with Allah. Obviously, um, in the time, the other thing I want to address is that when you're lonely, you tend to not want to do things and that's a problem because as believers we there's certain things we have to do like pray like make da like make dhikr and so what happens is these things are extremely beneficial but because we feel sad we want we don't we don't feel like we want to do them and so that's something that i want to say um be really really mindful if that happens to you and force yourself by force because these are things that honestly some of them are you know they're mandated it's not things that we can just choose i don't feel like it right now to do and when we choose not to pray we're actually hurting ourselves anyway because that's our conversation with allah and allah made our heart and Allah's the turner of hearts and he can correct us, right? So he can fix us all, all types of situations. I see sisters all the time reaching out on social media. Sisters, sisters, tell me what to do. Sisters, help me. And my question to them is also, but have you asked Allah first? And they oftentimes say no. So Aisha, that was her problem. She was reaching out to everyone that she felt she could um, when she felt up to it to do it but she hadn't reached out to Allah yet. So we had a really long conversation about her connecting with Allah. And she realized that she hadn't been talking to him in Da in a long time. And she hadn't been um, connecting with him. And once she did, she saw immense change. And so the last one, tip eight, I want to tell you is that, um, that monophobia is not part of Islam. Monophobia is not part of Islam. And now, monophobia is this morbid dread of being alone. So we don't have this in Islam. We're never afraid to be alone. We know alone, we're never alone. We're actually with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some people have this. And um, we don't believe in this, one, because we don't dread or fear anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the other thing is I want to tell you is um, being alone, period, is actually something that is not very Islamic if you think about it, because most of our existence is communal. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he used to teach us to come in congregation for learning, for praying, and think about Ramadan even. We're constantly called to be with people. We're constantly called that if we're fighting with anyone in a relationship or anything, we should not stay apart from them and silent more than three days. And so the point of this is constant connection with kinship, constant connection with community, doing things for one another. And the, the and when we do that, it becomes really, really healthy for us. We need that social interaction. It's actually the way that we're wired. So the one thing I want to say is um, make some type of point 
to to put in your mind that I know because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me so much, I want to really, really focus on what he's given me and how I can make the best of it and use it. And, I'm, and, and my body is a gift. My life is a gift. And I don't want to do things that are against Islam. So my last suggestion to you is just really reflect on your purpose in life. And, and, and that's why I said monophobia is not part of Islam because we don't, we don't get afraid. We don't get afraid of being alone. So this whole like I'm lonely, oh no. It's not actually an Islamic mental state that we should be in. It should be something that happens to us like anything else when you have a certain mental state and this is when people understand too, you're not always supposed to be happy. People are like, oh, one day I'll be happy. I can't wait. It is, happiness is about being able to manage what comes and goes in your life in a good way. The sadness will come in, but you channel it. You like, you like get a hold of it. You reflect on it and you let it pass by and you're okay with it. And, and the same thing with the anger, it comes in, you feel it, you manage it and you let it go. And, and that's what it, that's what it becomes. The healthy, healthy person, the happy person, the healthy heart is the one who can manage it and then let it pass through and accept their feelings and situations with a grateful heart and kind of like not be afraid and fearing all the time. So you shouldn't be afraid of your loneliness. You should just say, hey, this is an emotion. Allah gave me the tools to manage it. I gave you a ton of tools this time. I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for you. DM me anytime, guys. I also do Calendly. Um, I do um, consultations, like 15-minute free consultations. I also have um, ones with more minutes. But either way, I do them all the time. Women reach out to me all the time. I can't wait to connect you in the next one. I hope this has helped. Next time, we'll be talking about how to get fit after Ramadan, how to get back in shape regardless of what happened. I got you. We'll talk about some tips. Talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum.